0: I KUCI. KCI Imas ki ite imas. Lastobek KUCI eighty point nine FM. Kajoyen na kikinita KUCI.
1: Estash e skucchanda na KUCI po hundred and eighty eight point nine. Bruce Luster KUCI. K-U-C-I.
0: Uze kute radio KUCI Katavani FM. You're listening to eighty eight point nine FM KUCI in Irvine. Cicada. That's an owl. Wait, what's that? Oh, the
2: camp
3: town lady sing this song. Do da. I
0: think doo-da. that's a
3: donkey. The swamp town mud hole stinks so strong. Oh, da, do, da, oh. Shrek!
4: You were
2: expecting Prince Charming? Get out and explore nature. You never know what you might find. To learn more about all the fun stuff waiting for you outdoors, go to discovertheforest.org. This message brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the ad Council. Why do you linger here when there is no hope?
0: There is still hope.
2: Tempted to think there's no hope for overcoming some of the challenges of modern life? Ask an elf. Or a hobbit. Tune in Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. with Milo Lombsdowne at your service and...
0: Tani Tanuvial, the resident KUCI Middle-Earth elf.
2: For What Would Arwen Do? on KUCI Irvine, 88.9 FM, and streaming live on KUCI.org.
0: The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, its management or the UC Board of Regents. For more information on this or other KUCI programs, visit KUCI.org or KUCITalk.org. To all my elf friends, you are listening to KUCI in Irvine, 88.9 FM, Orange County's alternative radio station and quite possibly the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth. Welcome to What Would Arwen Do, broadcasting from UC Irvine, Tuesdays, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. I am Tani tanu the resident KUCI Middle Earth Welcome and my Govanin. well met to everyone. Whether you're listening live on the radio or joining us live or online. Today I do not have with me my enduring and charming hobbit co-host, Vilo Lomestown. He's off on some other adventures for a little while. But he promises to be back and he will be back uh, later this month. <clears throat> so the elf is flying solo today. Uh, I will do endeavor to, <laughs> I've become so, um, I don't know if I would say dependent, but it's just been so wonderful having Milo, a hobbit perspective here on the show. I miss will miss him greatly, but I'll try to fill in with all of the wonderful practical details that he is always so good about providing. Part of which is that uh, KUCI 88.9 FM is also streaming live at KUCI.org. You can contact us uh, with questions or comments or suggestions, or even just to say hello at askanelf, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F, at com. I would certainly love to hear from you, especially if you... I don't know, especially, but yes, especially if you are a student here at UC Irvine or somewhere here in Southern California, and you too are a great lover of the uh, worlds of Middle Earth. I myself uh, love the movies. I was introduced to the works of J.R. Tolkien through the movies, but uh, I'm really a book girl, So, and I love all of the volumes of all of the backstories. <laughs> You can find podcasts of past shows of What Would Arwen Do and information about this show and all of our public affairs programs here at KUCI at our website, www.kucitalk.org, or on our home site, which is kuci.org. If you want to find information about uh, podcasts or past shows, just go to archives and scroll down to podcasts. Um We're also on iTunes, and if you just, uh, I believe if you do a search on Arwen, A-R-W-E-N, it will uh, take you to some archives of our show. If you are tuning in for the very first time, well, first off, I have to say, this is the Academy Award winning music here in the background of Howard Shore, music from the Fellowship of the Ring, from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and... um, Very much looking forward to Howard Shore being nominated for even more Academy Awards for the upcoming Hobbit movies. You may be wondering what this show is all about. Well, if a Middle Earth elf lived today in Southern California, what might her life look like? How would she as a modern elf celebrate and support the arts, music, her community, and the preservation of Earth, its beauty, resources, and creatures? Things the elves care deeply about. Some people like to ask, what would Jesus do? And that is a very good question. But on this program, when challenges in life arise, or as the wizard Gandalf said to Frodo, questions, questions that need answering, we like to ask, well, what would Arwen do? Who was Arwen, you may be wondering, in J.R.R. R. Tolkien's Mythology of Middle-Earth. Arwen was an elf princess, the daughter of Elrond, a prince of among elves, and the lord of Rivendell a magical place of healing, lore, and wisdom, perhaps not unlike the community here at UC Irvine. Arwen embodied the archetype of a true princess of the light, a beloved daughter of the universe like all the women of this fair celestial home called Earth or an elvish Arda. I believe that Arwen understood the principle of noblesse oblige. With great privilege comes responsibility. In her we see courage, wisdom, beauty, a sense of humor and gaiety and service to others. In Tolkien and the Lord of the Rings, A Guide to Middle-Earth, Colin Durias wrote, In his invented mythology of Middle-Earth, Tolkien intended that his elves were an extended metaphor of a key aspect of human nature. This, quote, elven quality in human life was a central preoccupation of Tolkien's Elves, like dwarves, hobbits, and the like, partially represent human beings. In Tolkien's mythology, elves represent what is high and noble in humans. In particular, they represent the arts in their highest form, work done in the image of God in his created world. So again, welcome. Today the show is going to be a little different. I don't have a guest. However, I do. I am having a guest next week, so I hope that you will join us uh, Colette Aubrey is going to be here, who is an amazing singer. She's also a fellow yogi. I believe the elves were doing yoga before it was called yoga. So we both love yoga, and uh, she teaches. She also just had brought a new little princeling into the world a few weeks ago, a little, I think he looks just like a little elf prince, <clears throat> and he has, certainly has the sweetest nature, little Bodhi Dean. And so she also now teaches prenatal yoga. And uh, she was the co she was the host with her um, co-host Jason of Yogi World, which was on for, I'm sure over a year, maybe even two years. They've been gone for a year or so off having other adventures in yoga and having babies, baby. Um, but I'm hoping that she will come back and bring back to KUCI Airwaves Yogi World so we're going to be having her on and talking about some of her adventures next week so this week is February 7th next week will be February 14th 2012 and Valentine's Day so we're going to be talking about ways to love yourself (laughs) because not all of us have someone that's bringing us a diamond or a kiss that begins with K and and Sometimes it's just not that season of life, but it is the month of love, and so we'll be talking about opening, opening our hearts and celebrating love and all the wonderful ways that love comes into our lives. And she's promised also to bring her harmonium, so I hope you will tune in because hearing Colette sing with her harmonium is something not to be missed. And um, before we get into today's show, so today we're going to be talking a little bit about love and romance as we find it in the world of Middle Earth. I was talking to someone the other day who uh, actually accused um, J.R.R. Tolkien of being a woman hater, <laughs> of not having enough uh, that in The Hobbit and in The Lord of the Rings, uh, that the women were greatly diminished and there wasn't anything about women. And and I thought, I think this person has missed the point of, um, had they looked a little deeper, they would see that women hold a very high position in the world of Middle Earth. <clears throat> you don't see women being corrupted, as you do with some of the male characters. And many of the greatest tales revolve around... Uh, women and men. Singol and Melian, Barin and Luthien, Aragorn and Arwen. So uh, we will be exploring a little bit about this, about that today. And I've got some wonderful clips from J.R.R. Tolkien and some interviews and some music. So hopefully we will be having some fun today. Again, I am Tani Tanuviel and you can email me at ask at yahoo. com so today, as I was preparing this morning as I was preparing for the show, I was kind of wishing that I had um, editing the sound editing equipment at home to pre record the program and My um, position has always been that I really like things to be kind of organic, and I love doing things live, organically, in the moment, here in the studio. But today I'm bringing together so many elements of uh, interview clips and readings and CDs, so I'm hoping that this will all go fairly smoothly. This is College Radio, and we are all volunteers here, which... um, And we depend on the support of our listeners, so in case you'd like to make a donation, you can certainly do that on our website. But we produce our shows, we host our shows, we record them, we upload them for the podcast. Sometimes we have a co-host or someone uh, that can help us, but very often, almost everyone here does their whole show all by themselves. Picks out the music or picks out the topics. And uh, it's a wonderful – KUCI is a wonderful community to be a part of, and it's also an amazing training ground for anyone who's interested in radio. So we currently have a DJ and talk show host training going on. If you think you might be interested in getting involved in radio, and especially with an independent alternative radio station, as KUCI is – You may want to keep an eye on our website because coming up in the spring, we will be having another DJ training. And either the spring or the summer is actually the one quarter of the year that we open our trainings to community members which means if you are a member of the community, you can come. You can take the training. It's about eight weeks long. You have some things to learn. You get to come in, learn how to use the equipment, and turn on some shows, make a sample uh, CD of how your show would be, submit it, and see if the powers that be want to put you on the airwaves. So it's a, a wonderful adventure. It's been one of the greatest blessings of my life, to be involved here at KUCI. So, we're going to talk a little bit, uh, let's see, let me, uh, I don't have the hobbit here kind of keeping me on track, although I did number the things that I want to uh, cover today. So, as I mentioned, Colette Aubrey will be here next week. A little adventure report, last week we interviewed Evan Marks from the Ecology Center about the Dreamcatcher workshop that uh, was right over here at the Center for Living Peace. They have wonderful workshops going on all the time. Their website is goodhappens.org. The Ecology Center is theecologycenter.org. And they are down in San Juan Capistrano. Um, Me and... Um, one of the princesses or one of the princesses and I attended the dream catcher workshop because um, anyway I'm all involved with this uh, awakening the world one princess at a time and remembering who we are and why we're here so uh, one of the young princesses and I attended the dream catcher workshop and it was wonderful over at this um, Center for Living Peace we learned how to make dream catchers to hang above our beds to catch the good dreams. The bad dreams get caught in the net in the little web, and uh, with the light of day, they dissolve away and It was wonderful fun. Uh, the uh, darling girl from the ecology center brought all of the materials and we had willow to make the uh, frame for the dream catchers and Little Princess Lindsay got to make not only a dream catcher for herself, but she had enough of her willow branch left over that she got to make a dream catcher for her uh <clears throat> new dog, Mickey. Mickey is a rescue dog that's gone come to live with her and I got to meet Mickey on um last Saturday and he's adorable, little small, perfect size dream catcher for him, so he wouldn't have any bad dreams either. So you might want to check out the uh events over there. And also at the um, Ecology Center, lots of great things for just uh, helping there be peace in the world, peace in our own hearts. And also at the Ecology Center, so many wonderful things for the environment and for green living. In fact, this coming Saturday, the 11th, Deanna Moore is going to be there, uh, who is the founder and creator of Chocolatel. She's going to be doing a free lecture about uh, the benefits of raw, organic, free-trade chocolate and giving samples out and that's going to be down at the Ecology Center at 1 o'clock. Again, you can check out the website at theecologycenter.org. I believe it's .org. And uh, we also have uh, way past, if you look in the past, deep in the archives of What Would Arwen Do, there is a, an interview that Milo and I did with Deanna Moore here on What Would Arwen Do about Chocolatol and chocolate so you can take a look for that if you're interested so <clears throat> i'm going to play a little something of course uh, we're very excited about the hobbit movies coming out and milo will be calling in next week with movie updates about things that are going on i will mention one thing from the torn website the one ring dot net there is an interview I believe it's later today that QuickBeam is going to be doing with Sean Astin so if you are a fan of Sam of the movies then you might want to check out uh, go to the Torn website and I believe it's you. Actually, it's like a chat room. I don't have that kind of technology, so I don't really. I'm not able to do that. But you can listen. I think you can listen to the interviews also after the fact. But you can also listen online live in the moment in the chat room and get to ask uh, Sean questions and things of that nature. So, if you're interested, you can go to their website at uh, theonering.net. So this is February. This is the month of love. And, um, of course, we love The Hobbit. Uh, the, the, I mean, the Lord of the Rings movies were very excited about The Hobbit. So let's have a little Hobbit music here. This is the, uh, from the trailer, the little teaser trailer that came out in uh, December 21st. Here is uh, Thor and Oakenshield and Dwarves singing the, uh, from the Misty Mountains Cold, which many of us are very excited to get to hear that whole version of that. And uh, here are the dwarves.
3: Far over the misty mountains cold To dungeons deep and caverns old The pines were roaring Oh. In the night, the fire was red, it flamed and spread. The trees like torches blazed with light.
0: And yes, indeed, we are excited. About the Hobbit movies. So I wanted to play first today, I wanted to play a little interview. Um, It's just under a minute long, but it's J.R.R. Tolkien himself talking about the um, whole conception of the Hobbit. So this courtesy of our friends on YouTube. Uh, But here is the professor himself speaking about how this wondrous little tale came about. This is KUCI in Irvine.
5: The actual beginning, though it's not really the beginning, but the actual um, flashpoint was I remember very clearly. I can can still see the corner in in my house in Trenton, Northmore Road, where it happened. I got a pile of exam papers there. And... uh, marking school examinations in the summertime is, a, is an enormous, um, very laborious, and unfortunately also boring. And I remember picking up a paper, and actually, find, uh, I nearly gave an extra mark for it, an extra five marks, actually. There was one page of on this particular paper was left blank, glorious. Nothing to read, so I scribbled on it. I can't think why. In a hole in the ground, lived a hobbit.
3: The Hobbit, now a classic children's book, was published in 1937.
0: There you have it, published in 1937, and that's how it all came about, straight from the professor's mouth. A blank page, just begging for words. (laughs) A glorious page, he says. So, um, we're going to hear a little bit about, because... If you have, listen, have tuned in before, you know that one of my great passions is to introduce more people to the great volumes of um, the history of Middle Earth, the Silmarillion. There's so much wonderful, wonderful things there and written so beautifully. And... Um, There's, of course, so much talk about the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and, you know, were they supposed to be tied together and tied to the Silmarillion? And um, so we're going to hear a little interview from his son, Christopher Tolkien. And this is um, Christopher Tolkien talking about the Silmarillion. And Christopher Tolkien is J.R. Tolkien's son, the one who actually is responsible uh, who we can thank that The Silmarillion is indeed in print, and also all of the, I believe it's 12 or 13 volumes of uh, affectionately known as Home, History, The History of Middle-Earth. <clears throat> and uh, so first I'm going to play a little bit more, this time the um, an instrumental version of the teaser trailer song, uh, The Misty Mountains Cold, from The Surfing Violinist. And uh, you can find this on YouTube. Uh, just do a little Google, a little search for the surfing violinist or the Hobbit, the surfing violinist, and it will take you to this is beautiful violin version of the Misty Mountains Cold. And here is the surfing violinist. <laughs> and that makes me so happy because it just tells me that even now from a little two-minute teaser trailer there are other hands and minds at work to bring the worlds of Middle Earth to us in so many ways and of course one of my most favorite uh, letters of J.R.R. R. Tolkien, and one of my most favorite quotes of his, from one of his, um, the book of the letters of J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, is his <clears throat> his statement where he says, "I would draw some of the great tales in fullness and leave many only placed in the schemes and sketched. The cycles should be linked to a majestic whole, and yet leave scope for other minds and hands wielding paint." And music and drama, and and so we have it. So I'm going to play a little bit now, uh, a very short interview from with Christopher Tolkien, J.R. Tolkien's son, about the Silmarillion and about this whole idea of the link of the uh, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings to the Silmarillion. This is KUCI in Irvine. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf, and here is Christopher Tolkien.
2: The Silmarillion was my was the primary, central work of my father's secondary world. One of the chief things that people know about it, I think, is that it was unfinished. But I think this is, in a way, misleading. Uh, The real point is is that there were several Silmarillion's. When he was a very young man, during the First World War, and in the years immediately following, he wrote a work called The Book of Lost Tales, which the little notebooks that he used still exist, little penny notebooks, and some parts of it he recorded were written in the trenches under shell fire. And this was the first Silmarillion, although he didn't then call it that. It's quite unlike his later manner of writing, when he adopted a much more remote, exalted, even, manner for his mythology. It's more immediate. It's even funny. Uh, it's very f- written in an extraordinarily flowery, consciously archaic manner, which I think is very attractive. But there already, in uh, often in very early undeveloped forms, are the great stories, the great legends which were an inspiration to him throughout his life. Above all, the uh, the lay of Beren and Luthien, and the tragedy of Turin-Turamba, Another Silmarillion was already in existence by about 1930, and that is very different. It's, it's as I say, it's in a more remote style, and it's, uh, it's more chronicle-like. But the important thing is that that was finished. The Book of Lost Tales, you could say, was finished. The 1930 Silmarillion was finished. It's complete, a completely enclosed myth not presupposing any later ages. And at that stage, the Hobbit had no connection with it. In fact, he said in a letter that he wrote in 1964, he said, by the time the Hobbit appeared in 1937, this Summerillion was in coherent form. The Hobbit was not intended to have anything to do with it. I had the habit while my children were still young of inventing and telling orally, sometimes of writing down children's stories, in inverted commas, for their private amusement. The Hobbit was intended to be one of them. It had no necessary connection with the mythology, by which he means, the really, but naturally became attracted towards this dominant construction in my mind causing the tale to become larger and more heroic as it proceeded, even so, it could really stand quite apart. And so, you see, the the famous names of Middle Earth, such as the Misty Mountains, Mirkwood, the Great River of Wilderland, they began with the Hobbit and had no necessary association at all with the mythology as it existed at that time. The Lord of the Rings was, began, as the sequel to The Hobbit. But this dominant construction, in my mind, as he says, attracted everything into it, attracted The Hobbit, and still more, of course, attracted The Lord of the Rings. So The Lord of the Rings becomes... in the most complex fashion, both the sequel to The Hobbit and heavily involved with The Silmarillion.
0: And that is uh, Christopher Tolkien from an interview, and that is available on, you can uh, check that out on YouTube. Uh, Christopher Tolkien on The Silmarillion and how the Actually, this larger work of J.R.R. Tolkien's drew all of these things into it. So The Hobbit just started out as a children's story. Uh, Never any intention for all of these things to be linked together. But uh, I, for one, am so glad that they are linked together because we might never have had this wondrous um, visual world that we have to enjoy through the artistry of... All of the people in collaboration with Peter Jackson. So this is our kind of pre-Valentine's Day uh, show, having to do with uh, the loves of Middle Earth and um, J.R. Tolkien. Of course, there were many great love stories in the world of Middle Earth. The story of Melian and Thingol. Thingol. Um, was always of the f- the first elves that awoke and went on the westward march. And um, he actually was one of those who went to Eldamar, um, I believe with Oromey, and came back to tell the elves to go on the westward march. And a lot of times people say, well, why why were they even going on this westward march to Eldamar? And it was because the Valar wa- were concerned uh, about Morgoth and all of the tumults of Middle-earth. They wanted to protect the elves from uh, Morgoth. And, um, I mean, he was like breaking mountains and, you know, just he was really bad doing a lot of this stuff. And uh, had already... Begun to capture some of the elves, and uh, he had created lots of really bad things up until that point from creatures that he would capture. So this was why the Valar were calling the elves to Eldamar to a place of safety. And although <coughs> in the stories, um, didn't bring my I brought everything else but the sill here with me today. I have the letters and the Return of the King and the Fellowship, um. He, um, in the process of everything, meets Melian, who is a Maiar. He, she's probably, well, she's definitely the first one we hear about uh, in Middle-earth interacting as, as a female with the elves. Um, but they have great love and found great kingdoms, end up staying in Middle-earth and providing this. Um, it's even was um, when the Noldor came back in the exile to try to vanquish Morgoth again, or and Sauron. Um, that was where they, they went and found shelter. So great love stories that were beginning way back in this mythology. And of course we see later on the story of Beren and Luthien. Luthien is the daughter of Melian and Thingol, and... From the marriage of Luthien and Beren, which is the first marriage of Elf and Mortal, eventually come the line of Elrond and Elros, and from Elrond's line comes Arwen, from Elros, the kings of Numenor, comes Aragorn, and, um... And the love story, the fairy romance continues. So the next thing I would like to play for you is from the, is I'm going to play this, a bit of the story of um, Luthien and Barin, And this is from the Fellowship of the Ring. And this is where um, Aragorn is, they're on Weathertop and Aragorn. Let me get out, get my little book here. Sorry, I have so many books everywhere. Um, This is from the chapter A Knife in the Dark. And this is, again, the professor reading his own work from the Lord of the Rings. So here we have the J.R.R. Tolkien with the Lay of Lithien. This is KCI in Irvine.
2: I will tell you the tale of
5: Tinuvia," said Strider, in brief, for it is a long tale of which the end is not known. And there are none now except Elrond that remember it right as it was told of old. He was silent for some time, and then he began not to speak, but to chant softly. The leaves were long, the grass was green, the hemlock umbels dull and fair, and in the glade a light was seen of stars in shadow shimmering nuveel was dancing there them to music of a pipe and sea, and light of stars was in her hair and in her raiment glimmering there bearing came from mountains cold and lost he wandered under leaves and where the elven river rolled he walked alone and sorrowing he peered between the hemlock leaves and saw in wonder flowers of gold upon her mantle and her sleeves and her hair like shadow following. Enchantment healed his weary feet that over hills were doomed to roam, and forth he hastened, strong and fleet, and grasped at moonbeams glistening. Through woven woods and elven home she lightly fled on dancing feet, and left him lonely still to roam the silent forest, listening. He heard there the flying sound of feet as light as linden leaves, or music welling underground in hidden hollows quavering. Now withered lay the hemlock sheaves, And one by one with sighing sound, Whispering fell the beaten leaves In the wintry woodland wavering. He sought her ever-wandering far, Where leaves of years were thickly strewn, By light of moon and ray of star In frosty heavens shivering. Her mantle glinted in the moon, As on a hilltop high and far she danced, And at her feet was strewn A mist of silver quivering. When winter passed she came again, and her song released the sudden spring, like rising lark and falling rain and melting water bubbling. He saw the elven flowers spring about her feet and heal again. He longed by her to dance and sing upon the grass untroubling. Again she fled, but swift he came. Tinuviel, tinuviel, he called her by her elvish name. And there she halted, listening. One moment stood she, and a spell his voice laid on her. Beren came, and doom fell on Tinuviel, that in his arms lay glistening. As Beren looked into her eyes within the shadow of her hair, the trembling starlight of the skies he saw their mirrored shimmering. Tinuviel, the elven fair, immortal maiden, elven wise, about him cast her shadowy hair and arms like silver glimmering. Long was the way that fate them bore o'er stony mountains golden grey, through halls of iron and darkling door, and woods of nightshade, morose. The sundering sea's between them lay, and yet at last they met once more. And long ago they passed away in the forest, singing, sorrowless.
0: And that was J. R. R. Tolkien reading the Lay of Luthien from the the Tale of Tinuviel from A Knife in the Dark from the Fellowship of the Ring. Right after that, it goes on, says, Strider sighed and paused before he spoke again. That is a song, he said, in the mode that is called Anath-Anath, among the elves, but is hard to render in our common speech, and this is but a rough echo of it. It tells of the meeting of Barin, son of Barahir, and Luthien Tenuviel. Barin was a mortal man, but Luthien was the daughter of Thingol, a king of elves upon Middle Earth when the world was young. And she was the fairest maiden that ever has been among all the children of the world, as the stars above the mists of the northern lands was her loveliness, and in her face was a shining light. J.R.R. Tolkien himself mentioned that the tale of Aragorn and Arwen was of primary importance in one of his letters, He says here we are to see the overthrow of the last incarnation of evil, the unmaking of the ring, the final departure of the elves and the return in majesty of the true king to take over the dominion of men, inheriting all that can be transmitted of Elfden, inheriting all that can be transmitted of Elfdom in his high marriage with Arwen, daughter of Elrond, as well as the lineal royalty of Numenor. He goes on to say, a little bit later in the letter, uh, Since we now try to deal with, quote, ordinary life, springing up ever unquenched under the trample of world policies and events, there are love stories touched in, or love in different modes, wholly absent from the Hobbit. But the highest love story, that of Aragorn and Arwen, Elrond's daughter, is only alluded to as a known thing. It is told elsewhere in a short tale of Aragorn and Arwen and Domiel. And so we hear um, Aragorn speaking and sharing the tale of Luthien with the hobbits, and he at the time said that he thought that it might cheer them. And uh, we see a little bit of that in the movie. I believe it's in the extended version where we get to hear Aragorn Viggo Mortensen as Aragorn singing. And uh, to just see the connection between Luthien, Barin and the beautiful continuation of this fairy romance here from the appendix uh, that is called, Here Follows a Part of the Tale of Aragorn and Arwen. So remember that Aragorn um, is speaking of Luthien and uh, says of her that um She was the fairest maiden that had ever been, and in her uh, face was a shining light. And, of course, um, in the tale it talks of her beautiful dark hair. And in the tale of Aragorn and Arwen, uh, we're going to scroll down here to where it says, The next day, um, Elrond, oh, has just given Aragorn his told him who he really is. He he had been raised in the house of Elrond and given him the heirlooms of his house and told him of his high lineage. Says, The next day at the hour of sunset, Aragorn walked alone in the woods and his heart was high within him and he sang, for he was full of hope and the world was fair and suddenly even as he sang he saw a maiden walking on a greensward among the white stems of the birches and he halted amazed thinking that he had strayed into a dream or else that he had received the gift of the elf minstrels who can make the things of which they sing appear before the eyes of those that listen "'for Aragorn had been singing a part of the Lay of Luthien, "'which tells of the meeting of Luthien and Beren "'in the forest of Neldoreth. "'And behold, there Luthien walked before his eyes in Rivendell, "'clad in a mantle of silver and blue, "'fair as the twilight in Elvenhome. "'Her dark hair strayed in a sudden wind, "'and her brows were bound with gems like stars. "'For a moment Aragorn gazed in silence.' But fearing that she would pass away and never be seen again, he called to her, crying, "Tannuviel, Tannuviel," even as Barin had done in the elder days long ago. Then the maiden turned to him and smiled, and she said, "Who are you, and why do you call me by that name?" And he answered, "Because I believed you to be indeed Luthien Tannuviel of whom I was singing. But if you are not she, then you walk in her likeness." so many have said she answered gravely yet her name is not mine though maybe my doom will not be unlike hers but who are you so even as she said it she said maybe my doom will not be like unlike hers which was to give up her mortality to wed a mortal indeed we do see that arwen gave up her mortality to wed aragorn and he as King Elisar and her as Queen Arwen usher in the Fourth Age, the Age of Peace. So I thought I would play a little music now. I wanted to play for you the um, Arwen song, which is so beautiful in The Return of the King. And this is from the archives, the Rarities archives, which you can get Only through purchasing the book by Doug Adams called The Music of the Lord of the Rings. It has a whole CD of music from the Lord of the Rings movies that you won't find anywhere else. This is in the movie, or at least parts of it, but this is Arwen's song in full. This is KUCI in Irvine. archives uh, t- a CD from, uh, that's included with the book The Music of the Lord of the Rings Movies. So, our time is just about over. Uh, Coming up at 5 o'clock, we will have the Blue and Gold Report. You are listening to What Would Arwen Do? This is KUCI in Irvine. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. And I thought I would play something for you just to say goodbye today. A very um, lovely thing that I discovered earlier today. So first we're going to hear one of the love stories that we don't hear too much about, even in the writings, the details of, is the love between Galadriel and Celeborn. And uh, from Galadriel and Celeborn come Calibrian, who, is, who marries Elrond, and uh, from them comes Arwen. So and Galadriel was one of the primary things. There's a wonderful interview that Christopher Tolkien does where he talks about, actually I believe it's the second half of the interview that we listened to earlier, where he talks about uh, that um, his father J.R.R. R. Tolkien was working on the tales around Galadriel even up until just weeks before his death. So we're going to hear uh, Farewell to Lorien, which Galadriel is from the Fellowship of the Ring. And here is J.R.R. Tolkien, and then we will hear a singing version of that, sung by uh, Miss Miriam Peron. Here is J.R.R. Tolkien with farewell to Lorien.
4: Ay Laurielantarlassi <laughs> Surinen Yeni unotime bevramaraldaron Yeni Oromardi Lissimiruvoreva andune pella vardo tellum ja nulluini, eleni, o mario Airetare livinen, si mani ulma ninnen en si tintalle vardo oio losseo, mariak elentari ortane, ar ilietier undulave lungule, asinna nuri allo kaita mornie falma linnar imbemet. Arhisie Untupa tupa Miri mirioiale. Si vanuana, rumello vanua valimar. Na najhiru valimar. Nay egli hiruba va, namári.
1: Ai laurie, lantar la si surinen yeni unotime. Ved amara la rara unia linte io la mi ho morti se mi andune pela vardote lu mare nu Tintillari ele nio mario, aire tari virinan, simani ulmani nenquantuban. Ansi tintalle, guarda io lo seo e maria. El entari y hortané que ar no lave en un bule Ar cindador y el ocaí tamor nié Y fal un tupacalakirio.
0: also known as Farewell to Lorien. So that is Namaria or Farewell to Lorien, the lament sung by Galadriel in the chapter Farewell to Lorien from the Fellowship of the Ring, the Return of the King, I'm sorry, the Lord of the Rings books. Book. (laughs) You have been listening to Many things here on What Would Arwen Do on every Tuesday, 4 to 5 p.m. I am Tani Tanu viel the resident KUCI Middle-Earth elf. I would love to hear from you if you'd like to send me an email at at yahoo.com. I will be back next week. My very special guest will be Colette Aubrey, and uh, she is a wonderful singer. She, I've shared her music very often. In fact, uh, she sings a beautiful version of Into the West, which she recorded for me long ago when I very first started this show, because here at KUCI, we do not play any mainstream music. We just play, um, because we love that people have made it great, but we play music that you won't hear anywhere else, so Annie Lennox was not an option, but uh, Colette recorded a beautiful, very mystical version of Into the West. And she will be here next week. We'll be talking about yoga and singing and love and music. And she's going to bring her harmonium and play live in the studio. So we'll have lots of fun next week for St. Valentine's Day. Please stay tuned. Coming up at uh, 5 o'clock. the sports of UCI on the Blue and Gold Report and then of course the irrepressible and ever charming Heather on Rachel Way's Rachel Ray's cooking accident at six PM. I am Tony Cinivio. I will say Namarie for now. Allen Salalumen A star shines on the hour of our meeting. And uh, until next week. All I can say is Namaria, and here is a little taste of Colette Aubrey singing into the West. This is KUCI in Irvine, Orange County's alternative radio station, and the best radio station in the history of Middle Earth.
1: You have come to join us